has like a, an album coming out like nice. you know within the next couple of months and like my uh, bandmate wanted me to review these like photos of myself and like he he wants the like front cover of the album to be like a kind of dramatic like photo like of us and we had to do like this like whole shoot and okay, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and like I um I really hate looking at myself <laughs> like to mm, the point where mm-hmm. it's like uh, to the point where it's kind of like a problem so today I just had this like freak out so he's been sending me this increasingly um frantic series of like pushy text messages and emails trying to get me to <laughs> these photos and like I I tried today and just like I don't know I like broke down like looking at photos of myself because they just like look so awful and like I oh, sent up, like a, I was like crying and I sent him an email like I'm so sorry that I haven't been do- like you know pulling my my weight around here but like I'm just letting you know I hate looking at myself and I like broke down in tears like looking at these oh my photos goodness. Karen no okay first of all is can you first of all you're incredibly lovely you're beautiful so like I get it like it's hard to do these things but like I'm struggling to picture these like horrific photos whatever <laughs> but but you know like if you, it is hard so like I think can you outsource it is first of all all of my knowledge of this comes from the uh, music video for don't speak by no doubt and there's like a scene of them so I know for sure other people are involved in this process like it doesn't have to be you're the lead singer I presume like you're, you're an integral part of the band it's not your job to just go pick out photos. that is no you can like sign off on the final approval but like somebody else you need an underling <laughs> did your boyfriend do it like is there anybody else like your mom can anybody uh, like be tasked can I'm... you count on anyone <laughs> yeah well I'm, i mean it's a, it's a very like diy operation for sure it's like a band so of like, course of course <laughs> but still there must be somebody there must be somebody oh excuse me i'm choking on my pol- well, polar wait do you ever do you have these? I know you live in the Midwest, I believe, right? Yeah. Do you have polar or polar? Oh yeah, I have a, I'm very fancy, so I have my my Perrier. Ooh, a Perrier. Well, I call it I call it polar. Like my family started calling it that. I don't know why, but we call it polar because I think we wanted it to be like fancy, like Lacroix, sort of. So it's like polar, and I think they should call it that. I think they should change the pronunciation, but. You know, that's just me, but I'm literally choking. I'm choking on it. Um, okay. I guess let me just introduce, let me introduce my guest this evening. Cause this is this feels faded because uh there's just this um I know there's just this strange thing online, right, where we have these intersections and these uh just little motifs and qualities that all kind of connect us in these different but intricate ways. And I feel just very connected to this guest. I, I would say I don't want to insult her, but she's maybe we call her a lobby. She's not a, a big account, but she is a mighty account and i think should be like somebody that if you are not following you should be because like her tweets uh delight me they bring like a lot of like just light into my life i just feel like okay you have a de- there's a devilish grin that comes through her posts that's like kind of playful and it's just like it's very it's apparent but there's also like this mature uh mature side to her also there's like a, a almost motherly figure to the den of like right-wing lost boys or whatever you want to call them you know whatever label schmables not a bpd art ho ex-girlfriend but maybe possibly a bpd art milf i don't know i think it might be possible <laughs> i just want to welcome to the program karen from heaven has joined us and descended this evening welcome to here comes the backlash karen 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, Full House. I have a lot of questions for you, actually, too. Oh. I've been I've been I've been boning up on the, the Full House extended oh. universe. And I, oh. I have some stuff to ask for sure. Let's do it. It's so funny you say that. I wanted to change the format of the show. Recently, I was like, I'm going to bring guests on, but they interview me. It's just so much so much easier, you know? And like, I... uh, <laughs> but it's like a totally different show. First of all, Karen, okay, yeah, thank you for thank you for joining us. Um, your name is pronounced Karen. Uh, I heard that on your, your podcast uh, when I was listening to some episodes today. Uh, why don't you just tell us, I guess, who you are and like, what we should, what should we just know? What's our, what's our download on you? Sure. Um, well, uh, I'm Karen. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've been living here for probably like 15 years at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, I am a lobby. It's true. There that's a badge of honor. You're a take sale, though. You are a take sale, like me. I feel like you're a, you're out there in the fight. You're giving it. You're slinging. Yeah, honestly, it's it's really nice to like be like my Twitter experience is so low pressure and delightful and mm. fun. Like people mm -hmm. complain about social media, and I just like don't get it at all because it's just me like you drunk like drunkenly firing off hot <laughs> takes like really really late at night and like they get a solid amount of likes and like a solid amount of engagement and like everybody i talk to online is just like really fantastic so it's it's nice it's nice being a little i, I, I do have to say i'm glad to, i'm glad to hear it. all those numbers are kind of fake to me in so many ways yeah. and, and it, it is true because i think like i know I, I said this to Basil recently. It just feels like that's the energy is like this like uh, insurgency of the non-attached people, like the non like non ideologically pinned down kind of people, non op type people. You know, people who are just like vibing and just being okay, real. I don't know. Like there's such like a, a marketplace. Not I want to say marketplace. It seems wrong also, but community is such a gay word. So something in between a community, the marketplace <laughs> of ideas is like happening. And it's just like that's where everyone steals everything from. It's kind of just this like under the hood, like kind of just not really well known uh corner of the of the internet, I feel like. Uh so yeah, don't I don't know. I'm glad that you're kind of having a good uh, I guess opinion about your numbers because like a lot of people do get bogged down in that. And I feel really bad. I, it's it's designed kind of like a slot machine right um what you said just like touched me because it felt like uh like you're you're embodying just like a, a easy breezy beautiful cover girl type of like approach you know that's how the internet should be if it starts to get too much just close your computer just like just you can you can walk away for a little bit you know literally yeah honestly my the like weirdest thing about my online world this week is um like I'm constantly seeing tweets from Will Stansel, who's from oh my God, yeah. Minneapolis. <laughs> I dunked on him and got a little, a little hit out of it, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, have you seen oh, him around town? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I think, goodness, <laughs> I've, I've never met him IRL. But, like, I know my, like, bandmate and, like, best friend in the world is, like, a huge Marxist. Again, I say I say this lovingly. But, sure, like, sure. I feel like I'm gonna end up with like a social engagement, like at a social engagement where he's present, just because like, just because my best friend is like this huge mm -hmm, activist. Mm -hmm, and, like, mm -hmm. I'm really, I'm really not looking forward to it. <laughs> well, ask like, him about Pool House if you do see him, because uh, I think by now. Well, so I, I did kind of thirst over him a little bit today too. Okay, so my my producer, my domestic producer, my live-in husband is uh, is. Midwestern so there's a you know there's a type I don't know maybe there's something there famously the whole race play thing I'm, I'm a bit mystery meat so something corn fed does speak to me I guess in a way right um I was maybe kind of joking also right but like he is kind of cute I, I won't lie he's kind of cute 
<laughs> Wait, okay, Sharon, you're from heaven, it says online. I just was curious if you could tell oh. me about which, like, which heaven is that? I famously do this show in conjunction with the heavens, like, I guess, like, TM. Oh, you know, the Karen from heaven thing um, was kind of a joke because I was, so my uh, PFP is a, um, a picture of, like, Shrubnagrath from the from HP Lovecraft wearing a Santa hat because it's <laughs> um, this like a comic book artist I really like did a did a lot of like Lovecraftian and like Christmas type comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I was Christmas Karen for like a really really long time, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. this year I was like okay, like it's it's January. I need to stop being stop being Christmas mm-hmm. Karen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um. I so my my Substack is Heaven is a Disco. So when you get the emails from my Substack, I saw you subscribed. Dude. Thank you. No, we'll, we'll talk about the Substack for sure. No, of course I know. I would live. I'm excited. It's so Substacks. I just want to always blanket disclaimer for myself. They're hard to promote on Twitter, so I feel bad. They I don't always know about people because it's like it's a whole thing. You know, it's hard to find. They make them hard to find. It's really sad. So I'm happy I found it. We'll talk about it extensively, but I'm sorry. Go on, please. Yeah, no, Twitter does it like tanks engagement. Oh, absolutely. With, like, any 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 link, any link. That you outside of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is so so stupid. But like mm-hmm. um anyway, so when you uh get emails from my Substack account, it like it's the full text is Karen from heaven is a disco, but the way that like Gmail cuts it off, it <laughs> says, it says, it just says Karen from heaven I when you look it. at your inbox. So like I saw that um, and I just thought it was kind of like silly. So that's no, why I'm Karen it. from heaven. It's, it's literally just a joke. I'm not. No, it's not. You are from disco heaven. That is the heaven. You can generalize and just say Karen from heaven. That is a funny joke. I love that. But it's also like, it is true. I think, uh, well, I love, I love the name disco heaven or wait, heaven is a disco. Same, same diff. It's, I guess I'll describe your post really quick. Cause I think people should, I should sell it a little bit because uh, Karen's tweets are like funny. They just like are funny, but there's a lot of charm. But I think what draws me to you is that they're uh, distinct. There's like a real personality that's cohesive. There's a vibe or an essence that really kind of comes through, you know? And it's like, there's a lot of like, uh, not art deco is not the right word, but like just like a 40s kind of like uh, vintage Hollywood, maybe fascination or, or appreciation that comes through a lot. Disco very crazy drunk stories like kind of like big sister advice maybe i'll say maybe milf advice who knows uh and like just like kind of sex wars gender war kind of not like hardcore just like here and there maybe a little weigh in on the uh, current topic which is always which is always some kind of boy versus girl type of bullshit so i think uh it's just it's a delightful it's a delightful experience so i appreciate your feed uh miss karen miss karen and i just thank you for that um i don't remember what my point was when i, when I went off on that oh because you were tweeting yeah you tweeted about being a fucking 200 year old vampire and i and before yeah i was just curious is that true um, I mean, the 200 year old vampire thing was kind of a joke. Cause I, I only, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a lifelong vegetarian. Actually, Ooh. I don't think I could. I don't think I could actually drink somebody's blood. Mm. I, would, I would feel too bad. It doesn't count though, because it's not an animal. I, I think of animals as different than humans. So, like, I think you, you're not a vegetarian, sure, but you're not like a meat eater. You're, you're a blood drinker. I feel like it's. 
I, I don't know. It probably depends on your ethics of why you became a vegetarian, I guess, in the first place. But well, um, it, anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I wanted like somebody. Uh, a mutual was like tweeting about like top four favorite actresses, and like I wanted to, you know, get on that little like limbo line, whatever. And like I put the images of my top four favorite actresses, and it was all like the newest. One was like Jenna Rollins, who my favorite movie of hers is from like 1977. You know, oh, like wow, it was, wow. it was like, yeah, it was like actresses from the 30s and then like Jenna Rollins. And um, I do feel kind of self conscious about being old, like if I'm being real. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a yeah. geezer, famously. Like, I think it's fine. I think it's good. You find any creative ways to lean into it. Cause again, it, all of time is like very fake and gay you know it's not it's not real there's a lot of like fake constructs that have been applied to what we think uh an age is or what our, our experience is supposed to be as we get uh older and a lot of it's just it's fake it's designed to get you to i don't know die before your social security kicks in and they have to pay you honestly in many <laughs> cases um what speaks to you i guess about those periods uh, or those types of movies and that that uh, vibe or aesthetic and the reason i ask i just want to add i saw dat man uh another lobby so i adore who everyone should be following um he tweeted the he tweeted that the 1930s movies seem boring and i was i get it i get that old movies look old it's hard for i guess someone immersed in media but there's something about them i like what what is it that speaks to you karen um i think that well for one i really like the like quippy dialogue in those movies <laughs> like i feel like it's not to be like all caps return with a v about shit because <laughs> I, I i hate that philosophy but you know there it does like people do seem like they were like kind of more uh maybe like had a higher verbal iq like mm -hmm, back mm -hmm, in the day. Mm -hmm. yeah which i really appreciate um and yeah just more of like a like a human interest angle like i like mm. i really just like i i hate action i hate movies where things actually happen like, <laughs> like kind of same though i get that i get that like i think about my you know my top 10 list of like favorite movies and it's all about like people over 35 who drink too much like talking to each other like that that's my that's my favorite type of movie to watch okay. for sure so that's a very like 1930s 1940s type type dealio what, what's an example of i guess one of these aging drunk films that you <laughs> love it needs a genre it feels like it needs a genre like yacht rock style where you just like retcon a genre out of like yeah. over 35 year old um, drinking movies yeah, well, I guess, like, Dinner at Eight is probably, like, my, maybe, like, okay. one of my favorites from, uh, I think Dinner at Eight was 1933, I want to say, and that's definitely, like, like, people who are drunk, like, yelling at each other. <laughs> it looks so, good. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was a film student, but I don't know every genre, I guess, of, of movie. I love that you've, you've identified this as, like, uh, as your favorite. Is there any, like, I don't know, is there any modern reference people might know that would draw them back into this world that you can connect back to? Or even, like, 70s or, like, 80s, you know? But it's a few, like, uh, yeah, well, um, John Cassavetti's opening night is probably my, like, favorite, like, uh, like mm. middle-aged alcoholic movie. I am a, I'm a big, like, Cassavetti's enthusiast, so... Okay, okay. Yeah. Trying to think of this one movie that oh, it's I think it's called The Connection. Uh, there's a movie that's about people waiting for drugs. It's from like the 50s by like uh, Shirley Clark. She's like this like avant-garde filmmaker. Uh, she it's like people literally 
literally wait for drugs for like three hours it goes on forever and it's it's excruciating would you consider that like part of that would that be part of the drinking genre i don't know definitely like i i love Billy clark actually and i yeah i know i I know what you're talking about with the connection um because that's a really good like jazz movie like didn't totally yeah 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 Mm -hmm. like that like all the actors were like real life jazz musicians right i believe I'm so sure. and it was like yeah. uh, i think it was like a bebop kind of like soundtrack i don't remember who does it uh i guess it's 1961 i said 50s uh but it's like it's like it's kind of beat style it's very much associated with like kind of that pre-hippie yeah like uh beatnik um jack kerouac i know kind of that village scene i guess before before the 60s um i know you know a lot about like i think art i feel like in culture do you like what's um what's what's going on there why do you know so much? It's such a stupid question. Why do you know so much about it? No, but you you do. You have like a appreciation. You have a like a sophisticated palette for media, I guess is what I would say. How did how did you acquire that? Um. Well, I think I I mean some people you know they're just kind of like born to be into that kind of stuff. Like I don't honestly like I don't feel like I'm a particularly like intelligent person that sounds so terrible mm. and self but honestly no no like i don't feel like i'm particularly like you know intelligent or like have a some kind of really sophisticated palette or something like that i feel like i just have really good influences and like synthesize them well mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah well that's a type of intelligence i don't know <laughs> turning like shapes in your head is like i guess a form of intelligence right like if you can shut your eyes and turn this imaginary shape that doesn't even exist like in real life as far as i can tell around in your head like that's a type of skill but memory like and recall are an important type of intelligence also and like being able to make connections and that's kind of what you just described is like you you like what you like and you're able to kind of like associate it you kind of build a language out of it kind of i i see it in your posts anyway i think you like there's just like a world that you uh you inhabit right and you're able to try and translate that so people can kind of digest it a little bit or get like a little taste of it you know obviously i don't know you it's all parasocial but that's not necessarily a bad thing like because i feel like i can pick up on the vibe i don't know uh and you're like in a band i don't know i feel like you just i don't want to see really like a wildlife but you have some like funny stories i feel like uh are you are you like a are you a consummate like rock and roll chick like is that is that fair is that mean to say (laughs) i feel like i'm a i am like the wildest and simultaneously the most like buttoned down person Hmm. ever Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to it's like hard to explain like i once like this is so (laughs) random but like um like many moons ago when i was on okay cupid uh which is just also like poly dad central like it's all just poly dads on like okay <laughs> i did not know there's an audience there's a tip for you just in case you're looking <laughs> yeah if, if you want if you want to date a man with a wife <laughs> like several children get on you know, okay. it takes it takes all types <laughs> yeah. um but he that sounds like, awful no no it was horrifying never ever again never again um but he messaged me like something about like oh like you're so nerdy but like you're also a party girl and i'm like Mm. i'm not responding to you because you're a dad but like also (laughs) like yes that's that's very accurate I get you because it's like there is like something like I want to say party mom about you, but I feel like the same way in a lot of ways. Like like uh, this is so cliche, like nerdy but cool. I hate that, but you know what I mean. Like uh, kind of like together, together but a mess is another way you could maybe say it. I don't want to, I don't want to 
quantify you that way. It's very rude. But you know what I mean? Like there's something kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, chaotic. Chaotic neutral is not quite right, though, because it's orally. Like uh, you seem kind of just on top of your shit, Karen. Like you do. Like you come across. I said that at the beginning. You kind of come across as like not matronly because that sounds like too uh, like too stuffy. You're not like stuffy. But like um, definitely like, you know what you are. Okay, you're Christina you're Christina Applegate. Don't tell the mom the babysitter's dead. That's exactly the archetype. It's just like, okay, we're gonna have fun. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Let's spend all the petty cash. Uh, we're gonna like have a wild romance story, and in the end, everything will like work out fine. You know, that's the vibe. <laughs> that's a that's a wild reference, which is one that I I get absolutely, but like that's a. Real- I haven't seen it in a long time. I love Christina Applegate, though, honestly. Like, I love Christina Applegate so much. Like, there's, you can never go wrong. <laughs> she does, I know, they do kill, they don't kill the babysitter, though, like, either. Like, the babysitter just dies and they don't tell anybody. That's a different type of crime. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's, 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 it might be accessory to murder. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, tell me about MILFs. You had a poll this week about MILFs. Like, you're asking, like, does a MILF have to be um, a mom? And famously, like, MILF is, I guess, like, uh, mom I'd like to fuck or whatever. It's from American Pie. Anyway, it's a weird it's a weird term. But so I kind of like the uh, approach you were taking. You're kind of asking, like, does it have to be so literal? Which I love. Like, I hate a literal definition. Everyone else is fucking up words. We should be fucking up words also. Your position, which is that you are a MILF and that MILFs don't have to be actual mothers. I believe that one in this poll, what inspired you to like, kind of like write that? Yeah, well, there's <laughs> um, there's not really like a word for an attractive woman of a certain age besides like MILF and cougar. Like somebody, a hmm. mutual like in the, in the comments was like, oh, I think you mean cougar. And I'm like, no, cougar is a completely different thing. <laughs> No, because MILF uh, is implies kind of like a passive thing. Mm-hmm, like MILF mm-hmm. is, is a woman who's just like passively, mm-hmm. a, tr- a woman of a certain mm-hmm. age who's like passively attractive. Whereas mm-hmm. a cougar is like somebody, a woman who's like actively seeking male attention, specifically mm-hmm, younger mm-hmm, men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. So mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think I would classify myself as a cougar. <laughs> So I mean, first of all you look you look radiant i i'm not gonna even guess your age or even speculate it's irrelevant as far as i am concerned if you don't strike me as either a cougar or i mean you could be a milf i guess you're right too it's like milf is very like much uh, passive or like not attainable you're not supposed to be hitting on a milf like a, a cougar is like fair game you know um and predatory i guess in, in some cases <laughs> are you a milf do you identify as one you know i Kind of. It's complicated. I also I think you're a MILF. Like, <laughs> for the record, for the record, America's Next Top MILF. Ooh, that's the show you could host, America's Next okay. Top MILF. Sorry. Okay, go on. Go on. Excuse me. <laughs> um, well, my thing too is like, so I'm a, you know, I'm a Cancerian, which is the like motherly sign. Okay. Yeah. You... And like, I tend to <sighs> um, attract this is so weird and it sounds like a lie, but like, I'm not kidding. I like 
attract a lot of men who were born via C-section and then like grew up without mothers. Huh. Like okay. I've had like a, a weird amount of like romantic like relationships with like men who were raised by their dads. Interesting. Like, Interesting. Typically born. So it so it feels like kind of a milk coated thing. Hmm. 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 that is so fascinating yeah it's so weird how that works because there's no like way to explain that really i don't know like you're responsible i guess you're you are a wild child though because i feel like because i feel like you're in a band first of all that's not like nothing it doesn't what's the style of music actually well i was in a grindcore band for a really long time like about 12 years so that was like my world for like over a decade um and we kind of got broken up with COVID, which is, you know, pretty sad, but, you know, it happens. And um, now I'm in, like, a, like, two-piece band where it's, like, uh, electronic music, and, like, my bandmate is really into harsh noise. Like, he's, like, um, I don't want to say, like, a big deal harsh noise guy, but he's, like, very involved (laughs) in that scene. So it's, like, definitely uh, influenced by that, and, you know, we're both just really into, like, you know, 90s Euro trash, like house music. And that's nice. like, a big I love place. that. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Is it something that it's hard for you? Do you have to keep separate, I guess? Oh, no. I mean, like, um, I'm pretty open with my Twitter presence. Like, I'll like, you know, post the occasional like picture of myself or whatever. Like, I mean, I don't like post under my real name, obviously. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I have a death wish. Um, but yeah, it's not like, not like a secret. So Okay, fair fair enough. I know. You said your band broke up over COVID. Is there kind of like, um, do you feel connected, I guess, like the politics of the scene? Because I have talked to other musicians, like a lot actually on this show, where it's like a lot, especially after COVID, changed in the, like, the music community. And people just like, uh, a lot of people realize their ideals didn't like kind of converge with some of their like fellow friends. Yeah, what, what's it like being a musician and like in an independent scene, uh, maybe not be a super COVID person? I'll stop talking, I promise. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, like, I didn't, um, so I am a COVID skeptic in a huge way, um, have always been since day one, um, I never got the, uh, the shot, the vax, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to put it, um, sure, no, yeah, yeah, which pure blood, has, they call it pure blood in the right, uh, <laughs> I don't like that term, I'm, I'm not pure blood, as I've discussed here, uh, yeah. J and J, as I remind everyone, not mRNA. But you know, uh, so you you had that instinct, which proves that you are you are again like the person people should have in charge. Like in a don't tell mom, the babysitter's dead situation. That's uh, not a popular position to hold in 2020 or any year after, right? Um, man, our guitar player became like basically agoraphobic um with the advent of covid and like i i haven't seen him actually since like so early sad. 2020 yeah which mm-hmm. is and yeah i was in a band with this guy for 12 years like it's wow. it's heartbreaking actually yeah, yeah yeah i'm yeah i don't know it's it's pretty sad but like we weren't really playing shows anymore also the drummer um it's my like ex-husband <laughs> It's, it's like Fleetwood Mac, but Grandcore. It's so messy. It's so, <laughs> it's so messy. My life is a mess. Um, but yeah, so there was like that aspect to you. It was like, man, I don't know if I really want to like be in a band with you anymore. Like after, That's you know, fair, everything yeah. happens. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, COVID, like it, here in Minneapolis, people were doing the, um, the Vax Pass thing. Mm. 
for like months and months before the official government edict on it started. And then again, like months and months after it ended, I was actually, Mm -hmm. yeah, my, my best friend, like invited me to like a dance thing, actually literally like a couple weeks ago, this was like within the last month. And then he was like, Oh, sorry. Like they're, they're asking for like backs. What? Yes. Literally in the, in the year of our Lord, 2024. January 2024 in my that's terrible wild. I I live in the like Minneapolis is just like the devil's snow globe dude like I mean <laughs> that's funny wait I don't know like okay sorry go ahead go ahead go ahead um no I mean yeah so it's like a you know it was a thing that was like really prevalent and like it's still kind of going on and like I've never I my my bandmate you know he's like a marxist activist he's super like on board with the like public health agenda um he's he's like a lovely person he's amazing he's my rock but like he's really on board with that stuff and like mm-hmm. we've had a lot of conversations about it and it's like look dude like i'm never playing a show where they're asking for like fax pass shit at the door like ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good you for know? you yeah yeah and yeah so which they shouldn't be doing they should not be doing it's like so it's such just a virtue signal at this point there's no reason to be asking for a vaccine what does that even mean does my j and j shot from 2021 does that get me in the door because i took one shot one time uh and will never do it again you know uh that puts me on the same footing as someone who's gotten like their seventh booster like it doesn't even make it doesn't make sense you know it's just to kind of gatekeep people out that they it's, see as like right wing you know quote unquote that's, that's the thing i mean i feel like it really like the vax fest stuff really is a you know it's like a pretense to like keep out like quote unquote like trump voters but like the trump voters they're keeping out is like weak they're because they're yeah this is what frustrates me and i've joked a couple of times about being like right wing or whatever and i don't see myself as that or like you is that or any of the people like i even though i have like kind of for a long time longer than a lot of people who are you know right wing some kind of right wing views okay we'll we'll just say but like don't i don't see myself as an ideologue you know and i think people um who are kind of in the covid like headspace or like the like them headspace or the lib headspace they see everyone outside of it because the media tells them to see all these people as like like a threat and it's really disturbing because i've seen it with my family talking about people like these like secret trump voters and it's like i they it's really confusing too because they know i voted for donald trump in 2016 but they've kind of like dissociated that just like the whole like me not getting like a million Pfizer shots they kind of just like dissociate a little bit but there's this like mindset they just project it back out onto these like imaginary people that like are their enemies it's very disturbing i guess uh sorry to rant about that but it must it puts you I, i'm surprised you're able to navigate it so well because i know people who have like who i like, can't really reintegrate into like the community or to the scene or whatever because uh because of their views and they love them were, were white men so that might have been <laughs> it makes a little bit of a difference maybe i don't know how, how like how do you navigate that because you uh, obviously you're a lovely person nobody should be mad at you for whatever your beliefs are you know how do you like how, how do you get people to see that because I, I need help <laughs> yeah well no, i mean it's difficult so i um i recently and by recently i mean in june so it's been six months but i was um in a kind of sort of like high profile um position in the publishing industry uh which i worked for eight years and like 
the kind of like politicization i guess with like covid mm. stuff like i low-key couldn't deal with it anymore and i yeah i quit yeah wow. wow. mm -hmm. yeah um because like yeah just being on uh, okay and also like for context um like i am like a punk girl with with i literally have green hair like i have hair like the joker <laughs> like so like you you would I never say a mermaid you're like you look like you have mermaid hair that's a much nicer way to put it but like yeah so like you wouldn't like your average person probably wouldn't like look at me and be like oh this person is anti-vax or oh this person is right wing whatever so like i would be on these zoom calls with my coworkers, and they would be like celebrating the deaths of imagined oh my god yeah 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 okay well, that's and crazy. it was it was so hard it was so difficult to deal with because yeah just like my my coworker just being like oh yeah like also if you remember there was this point in like 2021 where it's like major news outlets were like featuring these weird I want to say human interest stories, but it was like the opposite of a human interest story about these like ostensible like anti-vaxxers who uh, expired because like they couldn't, they didn't get the vaccine, you know, on mm -hmm. their, on their deathbeds, they were like gasping and, and begging for the, the shot or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Including yeah, no notable people. They were celebrating anyone who died that had like been remotely connected to Donald Trump. It was crazy. Dude, literally like, when so i'm a big like rocky horror enthusiast like it's one of my favorite nice. movies ever and okay. like, so, <laughs> so dorky so silly um but like i remember when meatloaf died which i'm yes. also a fan of yes a fan I of love america's hero meatloaf american hero meatloaf yeah. r.i.p such a sweetie like such an amazing amazing person amazing career but like when he when he died people were like celebrating his his death and it was yeah. like mm -hmm. because he was supposedly like he was like casually not getting the vaccine like he wasn't even like some kind of anti-vax crusader mm -hmm. he just like mm -hmm. didn't get it and people were like oh yeah this asshole whatever <laughs> you know this jerk deserved to die and yeah that was like the vibe on like every zoom call with my coworkers for the yeah. entire 2021 and i was like i can't ultimately like i can't really work with like these people who literally want me dead like that like that sounds like some mm -hmm. really like dramatic mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. lived hearted no shit take mm -hmm. but i'm like no these people like if they knew my heart they would like celebrate my demise like, exactly no first of all i'm sorry you to go through that thank you also like you're you demonstrate uh, like a commitment to your values and ideals i really appreciate that because it's like a lot of people didn't so it's giving me like ptsd because like okay i'm a noted homosexual so people assume a, a lot of things that i'm on board with that i have a, a lot of questions about right and so i'd say like the last 10 years not always the last like 10 years when people really started like just be like well, let's talk about politics at work all the time like that when, when that shift happened it was hard for me because i was like a person who was like i was trying to do like a god guns ganja and gays party like in 2008 i was like it's just a little outside i was never really super i guess lib or whatever like i was I shared a lot of the same interests and like values, just I didn't express it that way. Let's put it that way, you know? And uh, I just felt like people assume certain things and you do see these like just really weird sides of people. And it's, it's upsetting because it's so fake. It's all emotionally manipulated. Like people should have been sad that Meatloaf died. He wrote 
Celine Dion's greatest song. It's like the like if you would love me like this, it's like it's like it's all coming back to me now. That is a beautiful song. It's beautiful. I don't know if you know Dr. Zeb Zelenko. He was like one of these early like doctors. Like he was like one of the first people to talk about like the quercetin and like hydro hydroxychloroquine. And he was like this old Jewish doctor from uh, New York, one of these Orthodox Jews. He'd had cancer earlier in his life. He was not that old. He was like forty something. He looked like an old 800 year old Jew, Jewish man I'll be real but he was great he was a delightful person he uh, helped educate people about the truth you know and like they tried to pay him out as this quack even though he was a very uh, very much sought after doctor and when he died this nasty stink from, M- from MSNBC one of their nasty information reporters you know was just like uh, like can you believe he was only 47 like posting his picture like basically like owning him for looking old it was so disgusting and it was all because he you know had the sin of like expressing again his opinion i don't know it just it is upsetting it's admirable that you're able to kind of just still function in the in the world so yeah i don't know like you're in some ways i feel like doing better than me we, yeah, i don't know you, you definitely do have this like i don't know ability i guess it sounds like to just um hold the course i don't know is that true yeah i mean so the this like job that I quit that was like like pretty easy like fairly lucrative or whatever I felt like it didn't align with my values and that's yeah like ultimately why why I stopped which like to clarify like you know I really like the people I work worked with and my coworkers like sincerely I really do believe that like it takes all types of people to make a world and I don't Mm -hmm. don't know working with like you know libs and and stuff whatever but it was like ultimately like I felt like the materials that we were putting that I was facilitating the existence of in the world were like mm-hmm. making the world worse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like and yeah, so I really did like kind of quit for ideological reasons, I guess, which yeah. like well, yeah, or, so, more value based. It sounds like value based to me almost more than anything. Cause you're really into like work with people with different like opinions or I- ideologies or whatever. But like at a certain point, you don't want to be complicit in something that was against like something. It sounds deeper than ideology to me, I guess. I don't know. It's just my opinion. Wait, okay, so I, w- I want to ask you about your sub stacks. I don't want to, okay, I want to, I want to, 
gonna steer this plane pull else jesus christ i can tell though i can tell you're also like you are fun because i cannot shut up and that always happens when i'm just like vibing like always happens period but especially in moments i can be like i'm like i can tell karen anything and she'll she'll be cool <laughs> i don't know um okay wait but karen i want to ask you about um yeah your sub stack it's heaven is a disco uh first there's a song that we want to talk about because it's the song that brought us together really on this in this yeah. evening but first i want to talk about the village people because they're i think a misunderstood band in some ways i think disco is misunderstood first of all and some of the reason it's misunderstood is because of the village people but the village people are also misunderstood i guess um the album you reviewed was i was not familiar with um it was called like uh sex over the phone i believe it was uh, is that what it was called I know. Loved it. So thank you for the recommendation. That was awesome. Um, tell me what brought you to the village, people. I believe they're your favorite band, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, um, def- dude, definitely. I'm a village like obsessive. Like I'm a little bit weird about it. Um, you know, I love to dance. I'm like out, like, you know, I was I was sober for like over a decade, but it was still just like a total, just like sober bar flags. Like I love to dance so much. Like uh-huh. I love, nice. I love going out. I love getting dressed up. I love dancing. And it's like, obviously that's going to like intersect with disco. Cause it's just like the funnest. Mm-hmm, totally. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that's kind of like where that came from. Um, and there is a producer, and I, you know, I like a lot of like high energy stuff too, mm-hmm, like stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, from the early '80s. And there's a producer called Jacques Morali, um, who did a, uh, a, um, he wrote and produced an album for Eartha Kitt, uh, mm-hmm. called called Where Is My. <laughs> this is oh so my <laughs> I love this. No, this is like this is a disco program. So you're you're oh. fine. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah, he wrote and produced an album for Eartha Kitt uh called where is my man and it's like nice mid mid 80s eartha kit where she's like firmly i'm not sure about i'm not exactly sure on the age but she's like definitely firmly into like her 50s like at least and it's just like earth like 50 year old eartha kit like singing songs about like being a little girl with a sugar daddy the kind of man that i adore is the kind of man that gives me more things in life that are free such things as summer by the sea the hamptons malibu capri i love it wait she's like the disco granny from um from 54 the movie about studio 54 where she's just like partying by uh, night and then i guess not hiding it by day in this case she's singing about it uh that's amazing i i don't know if i know this producer or not i mix up like my my producers but i do love i do love some high energy that was i guess kind of the the vibe of um like yeah the village people album sex over the phone it was i could not believe that existed it was really funny Uh, the rest of the album i don't know i listened to the whole album today actually because of uh, your recommendation i would say it was a mixed bag at at best but i don't know um i I like disco too i don't know it's just i i don't know i don't think it's understood i think there's like kind of this idea of it from like saturday night fever and that's like definitely like a part of disco but that's a very like commercialized like downstream like version and to me it's just like any music with 
percussion from that period any kind of like organic percussion maybe or not really because you can have electronic disco you know but really it's a period i guess of like dance music before house and it's like it's very versatile i think i think there's a lot of different kinds of uh like music that was popular in discos like uh are you a disco enthusiast a disco archivist oh yeah i well what i like meant before i trailed off i was gonna say that uh jacques morali who produced that or the kit album was yeah, the yeah. uh like spengali behind the village people so mm, that's mm, mm, about oh okay 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 because <laughs> they were just like a they're kind of like assembled by like audition if i recall i think that's how they got oh, started right yeah. it was they're, like they're a- they're a fake band for sure (laughs) (laughs) but there's a lot of that like a lot of disco bands are just some producer and then like some kind of artificial like construct kind of placed over it um there's i think there's there's several several instances i'm like struggling to to think of one right now uh there are fake bands bobby orlando there's one who's like from like the uh the 80s there's like the flirts there's like all these like weird bands that are just bobby orlando There's just this one guy. He's just like mostly ripping off other popular songs and kind of redoing them, but like kind of doing them in like a, a slick way. Um, I don't know. I think that high energy sound, I think maybe it's due for a comeback. Cause I don't think it's like really been that like mind that much. It's, I basically like a little bit faster disco on like synthesizers and poppers, I guess is how it's AIDS music, I guess is how I would describe it. It's like complete AIDS music, unfortunately, RIP, but it is like kind of the sound of like the Saint, this famous nightclub in uh, New York city that uh, is like the epicenter of like uh, gay nightlife in that period. Um, I don't know. What what do you like about high energy? I I assume you are a fan since you, you know a lot about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan. Well, also, too, I like the, um, like, a lot of disco acts actually, like, with the advent of the early mid-80s, like, got into high energy. So I guess it sort Mm -hmm, of, like, mm -hmm, my, like, affection for high energy, like, stems from that. Like, I'm thinking about, like, not just the village people, but, you know, like, the weather girls. Like, Mm -hmm, it's it's raining men, like, disco anthem, whatever. Like, they, Mm -hmm. um, like, made a couple high energy albums after that, which are fantastic they're so good i love a lot of their girls i feel like but, sylvester yeah. does uh, sylvester did like some high energy records eventually uh, even you could even say that like do you want to funk is almost like a proto high energy kind of record because it's got the it's got the elements i don't know maybe you could quibble I, some of these things are silly to i guess you would worry about too much but it, it is it's fun to think about Uh, if people don't know about high energy it's kind of like the bridge between like disco and house music in, in some ways its counterpart is like uh electro do you like 80s electro like the like uh kind of like break beat like kind of like africa bambata or like cybotron like that kind of more it's like a slightly different sound but it's really it's like adjacent to me it's like a kind of a yin yang almost do you know what yeah. i'm talking about I I do enjoy electro when like I hear it out and about kind of like organically. I don't feel like I'm like particularly like knowledgeable about like that's fair. Like, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should do it. We'll do a cultural exchange uh program. <laughs> okay. Um hey Karen, the other record though that you were talking about uh which is a record that you post about that it came into my life randomly. So this, let me just explain. This record, like, was on at my, like, brother-in-law's house. He listens to Pandora still. It's, like, kind of weird. And I forget what, he listened to a lot of different styles of music. I forget what he was listening to. Probably, like, um, maybe, like, Toto. I, I was probably, like, a Toto station, I feel like, or something. 
what? that oh, makes oh, total oh. sense because the drummer the like session drummer on a lot oh. of songs on that adrian gervitz record was in toto toto or like there's, they're yeah. amazing okay so toto yeah, like every set, they're like every band in the 80s almost <laughs> so i feel like toto secretly recorded every album because like, i know they did they were like yeah. musicians on thriller right like that's like i think probably a famous one but i feel like they have a even before they were toto right that's what they did it's so go like that you know guy, a lot yeah that guy um that drummer was also on like uh like he was on that hit like Renzi von record the one with werewolves oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like all like if you look at his wikipedia page it's just like there's like sh- he worked with like shakira there's like insane amounts of <laughs> i like- love that i that's a, yeah, i love yeah. like a, a legend that's like a true like yeah. industry legend he's probably like seen terrifying things it has <laughs> stories for days that he could never speak on but like i don't know those kinds of figures are i feel like they're so rare now like a dinosaur like a true dinosaur you know um okay so this adrian gervitz record it's called the way i feel i heard it randomly right it's, it's like and i it gave me pause i never i was not familiar with adrian gervitz i had never heard this record to my knowledge this was like two years ago probably uh and i was just like dang what is that it had this like has this bounce it was like oh it has this like doobie bounce it has kind of this kind of like white disco kind of sound Maybe you could say it's like it's funky. And um I, I used it previously on an episode with low IQ moron. Uh shout out A. And it was just a random choice. I just threw it in there because I didn't know what to do. I, I was I was panicking, but I'm glad I did because it was like now it's already canon. It's in the code of the program, right? It's in the DNA. What were you posting about when you like were talking about Adrian Gervitz? How did you get there? Um, I think it was like in the process of writing my like 2000 words of sec article on Adrian Gervitz. Oh, so um, but like I was in the process of like writing it and I like clicked over to Twitter to just like bullshit for a second and like not be writing and was like, <laughs> oh, I'm writing this Adrian Gervitz thing of a jig. And then you replied and you're like, oh, is it about like this song? And I'm like, how does this dude even know me? <laughs> How does Full House do it? Yeah, yeah. Wait, like he's pretty obscure, as best I can tell. He did like a handful of solo albums, and then he worked as a session musician on like Mm. a lot of other stuff. And I think he had some kind of like big deal rock band. Honestly, like my thing with Adrian Gervitz is like I love the album the way I feel so much that i'm like afraid to check out his other work (laughs) (laughs) i love that i just like no i know it's not because nothing nothing can be that good you know so i don't want i don't want to sully my my feelings for adrian that's that's fair no that's fair um wait would you rather have to review photos of yourself for uh, a band photo shoot or check out the next adrian gervitz or one of his other works which would be scarier uh oh de- i would definitely um opt <laughs> check out adrian nervous over over photographs dude <laughs> i cried i cried for like an hour <laughs> i'm sorry bad. i shouldn't joke about it no, you really I- do you need an outsource this i don't know we'll figure this out you're you're part of the backlash enterprise we'll get you an assistant we'll find somebody um wait okay so adrian Gerber's, you probably cried during that song too though because it's a beautiful it's a beautiful it, song that yeah. intro so it starts with this like guitar intro that's like like it's the morning sun, you know, it's just like Wah!
it's like so it's so good and then it just like dives right in but it's i don't know it's a pretty the architecture of that song is good there's a whole middle section this breakdown that's so funky um i it's an incredible record Uh, Karen's an excellent writer. Like your review of, I really liked your review of the Village People. Uh, your uh, your piece on Adrian Gervais. Like you're a, a careful and well constructed writer. That's a stupid sentence, but you know what I mean. It was good. I stopped reading music criticism around like Me Too for sure. Like I just I think that's about when music reviews died. Like for me and maybe in general, it just got too over the top with the like the politics over the review, right? Um, and it never really. I know it never really got better so I mean R.I.P. Pitchfork or whatever but like uh, we don't need you because we have Karen now from heaven sorry I had to gush because people need to check it out um, my, my question though is like uh, yeah what's your what do you think about this song <laughs> it's, it's a stupid question <laughs> so Adrian Gervis is a um, like a classically trained guitarist and it's very kind of like George Benson style mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's, and then he takes that, like, kind of, like, George Benson, like, jazz guitarist sensibility to this, like, amazing just banger of a disco song, and, like, the mm -hmm. result is just, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The lyrics are, like, kind of sad a little bit. They're, they're, they're like, poignant. It's about, like, I feel like it's about, like, society or, like, I know he's talking about these houses being, like, living in little boxes, that, like, rows, row by rows. I, I don't, I'm always so bad at lyrics, but I try to pay attention. And uh, it, it reminded me of like that song, what's it called? Like Little Boxes or, or yeah, Little Boxes from like Weeds. It has like that kind of just like kind of suburban critique, but you wouldn't note that the words are that, you, it doesn't sound like a sad song. The song is upbeat. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Cause I think he still feels good. What's the song about Karen? I think, I think well, I mean, I think like every song on the way I feel the album is just about this kind of like unhinged, cosmic love which like goes into obsession like mm. this this is my theory this is my theory well because adrian gervitz is also a cancerian but not to talk mm. about astrology no i love I it I'm, no yeah yeah like adrian gervitz is also a cancerian and it feels like mm. like taking okay this is uh i don't know like i think about this stuff and i feel like i'm having like an apophenic break like like it's no. like connection that, like, it's what this show's about. It's perfect. <laughs> um, but I think about um the classical uh composer Leos Janacek, 
okay. who um, was this, uh, what is now, he was, uh, lived in what is now the Czech Republic outlet in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, like wrote a bunch of really fantastic operas. Like I'm an opera enthusiast, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. like, um, he was like obsessed with this much younger woman who was just totally baffled and nonplussed by his affections for like 15 years uh -huh. and like uh -huh. he wrote all of this like insanely beautiful wonderful kind of like pre pre-contemporary classical like music dedicated to her and like she was clearly just like you know, some hundred five IQ like random babe. Like <laughs> she was the like, e girl. <laughs> she was the e girl. Um, and like, and like Janoschek was a uh, a Cancerian too, and I feel like that's like a huh. very like Cancerian trait is to like just fixate on someone. And like the most uh, interesting part of the relationship isn't happening in the interfacing between two people. It's like happening inside of your own head. And like that's how I feel about um Adrian like these Adrian Gerbit songs where it's like yeah. these crazy like cosmic love songs and like I picture in my head the lady that these also I understand like pop music is fake like I understand these are probably fake songs like on, on but some it's level, but it's real right no yeah. tell, tell me what you see in your mind I I I picture like a like a very pretty kind of like normal mediocre woman. Like I picture like like I feel like when I listen to this Adrian Gervitz album, I feel like he had these feelings like inside of him and he just needed like an object to project them on. Mm -hmm. And like all of these songs are about some like blonde woman who majored in like early childhood education and like got mediocre grades and like her name <laughs> is Susan. <laughs> well i feel like even if he didn't write them he's performing it right even if, like even if it's completely artificial I, I don't know but like uh he because he's still feeling that it's he's he, the way he feels right he's singing this song obviously you're, it's coming through you know it's it's alchemical kind of in a way you know it's it's this alchemical romance it's, i don't know and it's like flowing through and then like the way you described it made me like see it so now i'm just like whoa i want to go back and listen to it yeah <laughs> Well, like, um, also the B-side to the song, The Way I Feel, like, on the single version, it's not on the album, but, like, um, is this song called Drifting Star, and it's just completely, like, I, like, Drifting Star feels like a, like, it feels like Google House tweeting about the octolect octolectics. Oh, my God. It's, like, this, it's basically Adrian Gervitz being, like, I'm gonna die many times and i'm gonna live again and when i die i'm gonna be a drifting star but i'm still gonna be romantically obsessed with you <laughs> i love that I, yeah. I love that i think you're I, you say cancerian i you're you're the first cancerian guest i think on this show i have a lot of like it's we have a lot of i'm a sagittarius we end up we have a virgo rising we have a lot of sags we have a lot of virgos large pisces element but i think you may be the first uh crab to come onto this show i, I have to check okay. the, the archives but yeah. and i so appreciate you not only did that but you helped us see the the, the crab's point of view a little bit that's, <laughs> that's helpful
Um, I want to ask you some questions about, like, uh, me. I want you to ask me some about me. Wait, yeah. you said you had questions. Please, hit me, hit me up. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. So, in your interview with Mac, tre Treasure Ooh. Mutual Mac. Um, Shout we you, love Mac. Oh, my God. We love Mac. We love Mac. Um, you mentioned uh, being really into uh, producers. Oh, yeah, and yeah. We, and, yeah, and we talked about, like, a little bit, like, you know, my producer that I'm, like, obsessed with, like, Jacques Morali. And there mm -hmm, are, like, a mm -hmm. lot of other, like, I tend to get more into producers than, like, singers a lot of the time. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I'm wondering, like, who, who are your favorite producers? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, Wait, can I ask you quickly, are you, like, a liner notes person? Like, the credits of, like, a, a song or, like... Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know, because, like, I love... Like, that's where I, I love to look at, like, just who wrote it and, like, who produced it. Uh, okay, <laughs> my favorite probably like archetypal producer is definitely Phil Spector when he's like holding the like the Ramones hostage like in a <laughs> studio with a gun and like threatening to kill them if they don't perform the song correctly. That's to me what a producer should be doing in spirit. Um, I don't know. There's, so there's different types of producers, right? So I think that's interesting too. Some are very like involved in the music. Some are just kind of giving advice, you know, and like it's it's interesting to me that the role can have so many things. Okay, this is really a horrible answer. Dr. Luke is one of the greatest producers of all time. He's a, a student of Max Martin, who's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Th there is a mathematics to their production that's very interesting because it's almost it is the production is irrelevant from the songwriting because they just write the same song basically like over and over, but they do it in such a clever way that you don't really know they, they can write the same song and have a hit from it like four times i swear it's so crazy i i, res, I don't know i respect that and i did i went i talked to cassandra about my struggle with uh, being a, a kesha fan and and the whole thing with dr luke i won't rehash it but i feel like um you know it's it's been a hard time for dr luke i feel like we were all denied a lot of great potential hits because of that unfortunate saga that I, I won't won't wade back into here. Okay, that's a terrible answer. I guess another okay, another <laughs> good answer though is like honestly, well, Arthur Baker. So Arthur Baker is like the producer of like uh Planet Rock, uh the song like Walking on Sunshine. Uh he did a lot of work with this guy John Roby, who's this like multi-instrumentalist who like this is so great, you'll love this. They met him because they, they needed someone who could play, <laughs> who had, I guess, a like um uh, an 808 i think it was an 808 or maybe it was a fairlight synthesizer like some kind of like rare tech and yeah uh, needed someone who could like basically just play this like craft work sample that they didn't sample he replayed it on the on the track and it was this guy john roby was a kind of an art guy he wasn't into like punk or hip-hop he was like what is this but he took the job and then he ended up being like multi-instrumentalist producer uh, uh, New Order's Confusion that's kind of like a, a cool kid record people would like know I think from that work I know he did a lot of production though for like I want to say like uh, Goonies Are Good Enough by Cyndi Lauper he started to do some like bigger like kind of uh, like mainstream like non-dance oriented stuff so I think Arthur Baker is a fave but I also have to say the dub reggae I just love I love the idea of like like a yeah like a Lee Perry or like you know yeah like I, I don't know 
King Tubby. There's like a lot of these like old ones. And it's like, it's not even what their music is. It's just like the fact that they invented this like technique of using the studio in a, like, a way that was very like innovative. Like I think they have a lot of, they, they have like the blueprint for everything really in so many ways. Like every, every time you have like a version of a song or just even a sample of a song, like any kind of hip hop style production, like, or dance music style production, it really stems from like these like sound clashes. It's, and it's this whole entire world. that's like really fascinating to me. So I think that's like the, that's like the purest like type of production, I guess, to be the people who did the blueprint. So I don't know. There's my short answer for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Um, Arthur Baker produced uh I'm really into this uh one hit wonder band from the 80s called Living in a Box. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Actually... <laughs> no, Living in a Box. Wait, is there a song called Living in a Box? It is from the album. <laughs> It's it's a it. song, album, and band named "Living in a Box." So just, Iconic. Just, so you should I, do I that. Know. You should do that. You uh, you should name a, a song after your band and the album after that song and <laughs> band. That would be so legendary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Please go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, the, like the other thing I was gonna ask you. Um, <laughs> have you read in uh, the book? Please kill me the um, first-hand account of being of the Ramones being held at gunpoint by Phil Spector because it's really yes. funny. I, okay, I love <laughs> an oral history. Like, I love an oral history. But it's the right level of Spurgy for me because it's like I'm, you know, I'm easily distracted in ADHD. So there's a lot to focus on in an oral history if you like the content because it's like you have to keep going back and like looking to see who the fuck is talking because it's like, it's a lot. You have to know what you're kind of getting in for. But if you can like kind of pull it off and stick with it and like learn about what it is you're, you're reading, the oral history is such a fascinating like way to see like uh, uh, part of history that you wouldn't be able to see any other way, I guess, except I guess maybe through a documentary or whatever. It's it's really like reading a documentary, I guess, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, what's your favorite? What's your favorite story? Do you have a favorite one? And please kill me. Uh, I think it is. Gosh, I forget um the name of the groupie. I want to say it's like Sable or something. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it's in the it's in the very back of the book where it's kind of like the like I have the edition that was published in like the mid nineties or whatever. And in the back of the book, there's a bunch of kind of like outtakes. Like it's okay, called, like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, okay. Um, and they they have um. Yeah, some groupie whose name is like Sable Star or some dumb. Yeah, shit. no, yeah, exactly. I know who she is. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, like a um, famous groupie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess she like dyed her uh her muff green, <laughs> and was and was like swimming, and it's some like musician or something like describing what it was like to see like Sable Star's like green muff in the swimming pool. And I have to say that's <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> I do remember this. Uh, I I feel like she. <laughs> Maybe she's not. She might be the person the dead boys caught with the meat in your mouth. It, it might not be her. It was some. That was. I think that was a minor actually. But, but she might have been. <laughs> she's really involved in like the seventies, uh, like kind of the glam rock thing too. I feel like she's like an L.A. Uh, groupie. Um, there's a book. I think it's by Mark Spitz. Uh, it's a L.A. version basically of Please Kill Me, and it's like all about the like Hollywood scene, which is kind of like I think a bit more underrated. There's a, there's a San Francisco one too. I won't force you to read that one i i like it but like both i think actually san francisco and la kind of get eclipsed a little bit but there were and honestly actually ohio there's a whole thing that goes on in ohio i feel like that no one really talks about as much i recommend those if you like please kill me especially the la one i think it's called something like we got the neutron bomb i think it's named after like a screamers song maybe i don't yeah. know uh that one is good if you liked please kill me i recommend check it out i'll send you some la uh vintage punk rex 
Yeah. We're gonna keep we have to gatekeep those a little bit, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, Karen, wait, okay, two questions. Yeah. Uh first of all, okay. I feel like you like to drink. I, I don't know if it's well, all Midwestern people basically like to drink, even if they're sober. I think they like to drink, they just don't. So I think that's just like part of the Midwestern culture. Um, what, what's you, what's your like? What's your drink? What's your go to if you if you do drink? Oh sure. Um, yeah, I'm definitely definitely a drinker. Um, I would say scotch is my go to. A big scotch enthusiast. Um, I also like. I didn't start drinking until I was in my kind of like early mid. 30s so like interesting i can't like i can't really do like beer tastes completely disgusting to me mm -hmm, as a mm -hmm, singer mm -hmm. i like, can't like all i when i drink like all i really drink is like straight liquor that's you fascinating I, yeah, I love that well scotch is it's not like it's not I don't want to say it's rough because it's supposed to be smooth, but it's a very, it's an acquired taste, right? I am not a big drinker now, to be honest, but when I was a bigger drinker, like that was something I was proud that I had worked up to because I was like, I can drink scotch. Uh, I went to like a scotch tasting once. It was like doers. It was, I think, like the most basic. I, I don't know if that's like a very nice oh, scotch, oh, but it was free. I, 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 I went with people from Twitter in like 2012. I like met up with like mutuals in like a whole nother life uh, <laughs> and went to a doers, a scotch tasting in, uh, at Fort Mason. Um, okay, wait. So you prefer a, a fine liquor. Beer is an acquired taste. And I think you missed that window where you have to kind of brainwash yourself, unfortunately. Um, like, is it is it legal to buy weed in your state currently? Yes or no? And what is your thought on the weed wars online? Thank you. Okay. So, like, I, um, I personally cannot handle weed. Like, okay. I'm one of those people like i feel like a really specific type of person who like takes to booze like a duck to water like it's just fantastic it's wonderful i can drink like a fish and not be on over the next day whatever but mm -hmm. like i have one hit of weed and i'm i'm missing time like it's like bad mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so like i i don't really keep uh abreast on the legality of weed in my state sure but, sure like, sure I, I, I'm pretty sure it's legal here. I think so. Like, do you see stores? Are there stores around? Or yeah, there's like a um a cannabis store. Uh, I rent a little uh like dance studio in Uptown, and there's like a cannabis nice. store like pretty close to there. So like, I guess it must be legal if there's like yeah. a whole ass like store. Yeah, yeah, it's either uh, like yeah. medicinal or something. What do you think about like I, I always say like the right way, but like the uh the counter narrative is there's a lot of debate over weed smoke smell first of all, which it, fair. I think that's a fair debate that people can have, but like just this like backlash against against weed. What is your take on those culture wars when when that's involved? Um. So I personally like really dislike the smell of weed um but i mean honestly like maybe maybe it's just like sour grapes because i can't handle it like I, I fully acknowledge that that might be a thing but like um i mean personally being like an old an old punk or whatever um i do know a lot of people who have smoked marijuana very heavily for like a decade plus and i i don't think that's great for them that's fair like no. it's like, like well, they're, not, they're not doing well to be heard, not everyone should try to induce schizophrenia like I am. I am trying to push myself spiritual quest. I want to just see, you know, how 
far I could push myself. So I'm purposely, you know, trying to induce a state of, of insanity, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and also I'm required to. So I was initiated into the order of assassins. It's not a big deal, but Bill Burroughs, like this whole thing, Hassan Isabah, you might've heard of him. It's this ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous thing. Anyway, we have to smoke weed. It's a part of it. And so yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. It was, it, it's a whole, it's a whole ass thing. So either way, otherwise I don't endorse it, but I do think it's funny to just be like, just be pro things or against them, I guess, but be consistent. It feels very like kind of targeted. I think a lot of the stuff that people fight about too online though are just like made up things circulated to get people to talk about anything but whatever they want people to like you know not talk about you know <laughs> oh yeah definitely. well there's like an entire i feel like they're less uh less loud than the anti-weed contingent but like there's definitely like an anti-alcohol like right-wing who i occasionally see in my in my feed and it's just kind of like really interesting but, you know, i don't know if i see that yeah. like, anti-alcohol that's really interesting i wonder if i'm serviced the anti-weed thing because they know somehow that like you know i am a, a consumer of cannabis and maybe they know that you are a consumer of alcohol like that's very possible that we're being targeted yeah, they're like oh this bitch is drunk all the time let's let's feed her some weeds that'll just like make her make her mad um yeah no, honestly but this does kind of seg into a question that i wanted to ask okay you. okay yeah and like um and you probably don't have like a short answer for it but well, like we'll see reading your reading your tweets and like listening to your podcast like i feel like you have a very complex and specific personal cosmology and i've been hmm. trying to like wrap my head around it hmm. and like i kind of can't hmm. so like can you like like what is the octalectics? Okay. Like, do you do you have yeah. an elevator stage? Like, okay. 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 Octalectics. A a thank you. You're you're correct. It is basically described how autistic I am. Yes, I have a rich interior life. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. I appreciate. It. I work hard at it. Honestly, uh, the octalectic to me is about like the inner workings of like the power of the world it's beyond a dialectic it's beyond even like the sexlectic right we talk about the the sexlectic basil sometimes and it's kind of like that's an animating force you know that kind of powers the world the octalectic to me it's uh in that kind of rant from the movie uh network that i uh I, I posted recently that a lot of people took to it's like a really great speech where he says a lot of true things and effectively the whole speech is that there's no difference between any of these ideologies or things that we see basically on the surface the world is a college of corporations and i feel like the octalectics is like about getting to the center of the, the inner workings of the world to the the powers that kind of uh, rotate around the axis of the world and i mean that like literally like around the closest center to power and i think it's i don't know it's it's wheels within wheels which is why it's a figure eight octalectic so you've got the two circles kind of going around the centerpiece sort of it's kind of like this weird uh cosmology uh i don't know in ancient egypt there's this kind of teaching about this like group of eight powerful kind of gods that kind of rule the world they're called the ogdoad and i kind of discovered, discovered that kind of just kind of by serendipity at the same time was making up kind of like this like joke where I said sex lectics and Basil kind of like picked up on that and kind of like ran with this like whole fleshed out like true academy now based on that and I was kind of like making up this like thing for like just like my you know, personal rich interior life let's say about this like eight this council of eight like the Ogdoad and then I just realized like oh octolectics it's like oh the eight and I was like oh it's exactly that it's that's the that's the cosmology that's like the way to describe the spiritual war the spiritual politics the like 
principalities, I guess, like the the College of Corporations and whatever whatever that is. And I have some crazy beliefs. I won't expand on them now, but I'll just say uh, that there is like a, a board of regents. Like it's a board of regents that control civilization and they've held the, the planetary lease for a very long time. And they work with the triad, which is, let's just call them a group of people who are uninvited visitors. They don't belong here. And we have an opportunity to take the lease back and I'm going to help that we ensure that we get that. We, we It's our planet. We deserve it. Those uninvited visitors are going home. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> okay, yeah. Does that help or does that, does that make it worse? <laughs> it does. It, yeah, no, it, it does help. I feel like I would be really interested, I guess, as like a pool house like enthusiast. Like if you like, I know you have a Substack, and it doesn't look like there's a lot of like writing stuff on it. <laughs> but like, if you like, if there was like a a manifesto of like Full House, like personal cosmology. I like, I appreciate that. I appreciate maybe, that. Or maybe that. Or maybe you know that's like too too obvious, and like you don't want the wrong seeing it which i also understand there's various there's various things i first of all i appreciate that thank you karen and honestly like what likewise so i'll hold you to it if you hold me to it because likewise i would like to see i'd like to see more from you as well like you know what i'm saying i i know you're you're doing stuff and like you do do stuff but like keep it up i guess is what i'm saying um you know yeah but i am working on poolhouse.ai so hopefully what we can do is just take a lot of the data there's a lot of raw data that could be kind of aggregated and just repackaged through some sort of uh third party like i but i really do like i i need like kind of like an automated editor so maybe i will do a, a manifesto the other problem though, Karen, there's NDAs. There's, you know, the things I saw at Brian Singer's, you know, hot tub parties, I can't even talk about those here until 2025. And so, you know, things are coming, yeah. things are coming. Uh, but yeah. I appreciate your address. I I do. Do you, do you have any other questions? Um, Like, I didn't know if this was kind of like a tongue in cheek joke <laughs> or if it was a real thing. But like prior to asking me to come on to the show, you tweeted something about, um, only wanting to be a, it was like in response to a tweet that was like gay men and and straight women have such a special relationship oh, yeah. and you tweeted oh. something to the extent of like no i only want to hang out with <laughs> alpha alpha women who hang out with tons of straight male and i was like looking at this and i'm like I don't know if this is a joke, but like that's literally me. Like I don't, I don't have any female friends or like gay male friends. Like I only yeah, hang God out with bless like you. God bless ex, you. Like, ex, <laughs> like excruciatingly homophobic, like straight men. Like are my, my, oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> a, a large segment of my audience is going to be very jealous, and it, it is the homosexual side. I, it's so funny because I, as I, you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, you're totally like a, a lady, a lady of backlash in so many ways. Uh, I feel like I know a lot of the girls, I, yeah, that I'm usually friends with that I kind of uh, connect with and what I was just like talk to on the show are like, and historically, like in life, just exactly like that. Like, oh my gosh, I had a friend that was so triggered by an article that was like girls without, it was like about girls without girlfriends. It was like in 17 magazine or something. And she, it was me. I was like shocked. I didn't read those magazines. And I was really shocked how mean it was. And it was like, you can't trust them. Like they, like they think they're better than you. It was clearly somebody with a, like a vendetta looking back there. There was a sex lactic there clearly going on. And they published this article. Uh, I, I didn't understand how women actually were until... I guess I was around a lot of women like that, you know, so I didn't really quite get that, like, women could be very different around each other, you know, there was, like, uh, there's a lot to it, and so I, I get you not wanting to hang out with 
with women or gay people, especially, like, especially, you know, it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, you, what I'm trying to say, Karen, you fit the vibe of like my type of lady. You're, you're my type yeah. of gal. You're my, you're my girl Friday. There's a forties reference for you. Um, but like, how do I ask this without sounding really homophobic? There is probably an opportunity to be around like gay people in that scene. Do you avoid them? Like the plague that they, that we are, <laughs> that they are? Oh, oh no. Um, and like to be not even trying to like cover my ass or whatever. Like I, actually do um it makes me sad for myself that like I do have such a hard time like connecting with other women and like I don't I don't even know like I'm not I don't think I'm a misogynist or anything like that like or like internalized misogynist whatever no, that's like, all I, fake. I, I yeah, really, no. yeah like I, re I really do just like for whatever reason um you know I guess I do have like a lot of male coded interests and hobbies so maybe it's just like I only meet totally mm -hmm. or whatever but yeah, no, no, it, it does kind of like make me like sad, you know, for myself that like I don't really like have girlfriends. And as far as like the like not knowing gay men thing, I feel like every man, <laughs> to be honest, I feel like every like gay man I know is bisexual and dating a woman. So like I definitely have friends. Yeah, I definitely have, like some friends with some of those type of gay men but like i don't really like in my head is it the guys I, from plenty of fish was it the polyamorous uh dads that you met there those are the gay dad those are the gay guys you know <laughs> no no I, I mean honestly though i'm sure they all are like bi in their profile um but no like i know a lot of like punk guys that are like quote-unquote bi that seems to date women exclusively you know and so i i don't really consider them to be like gay guys i guess no like, no no yeah exactly there's so yeah. much like like weird there's so much weird i could go off but there's a lot of just like virtue yeah. signaling it's all be, like dressing right it's all kind of just like putting things on to be like oh i it's it's all hot topic basically there it's all these like hot topic kind of items that people donned to uh like i'm queer and i get vaccinated and i wear masks all etc etc whatever it is it's all kind of just to uh to convey that you're a part of an in-group you know and i that's i think why people like us get along because we're also wired to be like reactive against that right i think there's just like just a kind of difference and i, I don't blame people who are obviously like i have family like kind of caught up i would, I would call him like a cult at this point you know and it's like uh it's this insidious propaganda that's like really what i do fight against and that's like once you get inside of like what's going on it's like how could you not be like there's a spiritual warfare going on you know it's like such a crazy like it's such a crazy thing when you kind of start to see it and so i don't really i like a lot of empathy that's why i like talking to people like you and like a lot of people like myself who have like come from like liberal backgrounds if they even more liberal themselves you know i grew up in california like I know a lot of liberals. It's just like how culture is. It wasn't like a big thing to be a little bit different from that, you know, for a long time, you know? And now it's just, there's this whole trend towards like castigating people who are different. And it's like psycho to me. I, I hate that. Uh, and it, so, yeah, it's just like, and talking to people who've gone that journey too. It's like, it's important for like us to talk about it, but it's also important for people to hear it too. Cause it's like, there's a lot of people who like feel like, just a type of way. It's really crazy right now, like how um, in Biden's America, as I like to call it, how just uh, like atomized people feel, how isolated. And I actually think a lot of people feel the same way that we do and just can't articulate it or like don't feel safe to say it, you know? Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> Thank you.
Okay. Um, okay. I have a couple more questions for oh. you. And if you have more questions, like, please shoot them at me. I'm happy. I'm happy to talk about myself all night. Like, you want to you have a late night party with a pool house? Keep asking me questions about me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wait. Uh, do you know anything about, like, the actual, like, uh, clubs? Because I, like, love to learn about, like, venue history, sort of. I don't know. Uh, do, you, what, do you have, like, a favorite historical venue or era? Sure. I... I'm like blanking on the dude's name right now. It's like Bill Berkowitz. Um, but he did a bunch of like disco photography. And I have a signed edition of um his book, like all these really lovely, like big and glossy like photographs, like this wonderful nice, like nice. art book. And like he um, yeah, like these crazy photos from like Studio 54 and kind of like adjacent clubs and like the ladies. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's really cool. And actually, you talked about um, you mentioned the the disco grandma, and there are a bunch of really lovely photos of her. And she too. was incredible. Like that, it's, so, she was a real woman. I the movie Fifty Four. I like always reference it for some reason. It's like always coming up in my life. I didn't. I don't think I liked it that much, to be honest. It's fine. It's it's fine or whatever. And I, I don't even think 54 is like, that's not the end all of like discotheques either. There's like a whole, there's a whole slew of clubs. There's like, you've got your Paradise Garage and you've got your, the, the loft. There's like real like, just interesting yeah. places. And I think, I don't know, there's something about that, like those uh, kinds of places. I don't even know if they're possible still to have like a, a place where everyone kind of comes together and like alters, you know, quote unquote alters history, you know, kind of really just creates a cultural moment together. Like, I, I know, is that possible? Do you think still at this time? Um, I mean, I would like to think it's still possible, like as like completely corny and silly, like as it sounds, I hear this is, <laughs> I, uh, I believe sincere. in the power of dance. I, oh my like, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Like sincerely, like I, I believe in the power of dance. like this, like, you know, beautiful kind of like moment of like kinetic joy and like existing like in like this kind of beautiful they almost like eternal present that like comes to you with dancing um like I'm reading this book right now that's a bunch of like uh contemporary disco reviews uh from the village voice again like blanking on the the guy's name I have a mind like a sieve I'm sorry but like um like these wonderful like village voice contemporary reviews of like disco records from like this the like mid-70s and he talks about um the the power of just like being present on the dance floor and how wonderful that is and you know mm -hmm. almost immediately like in reaction to disco there was this sort of like death to disco like backlash mm -hmm, thing like that mm -hmm. like that thing where they like lit a bunch of yeah the, the disco like, demolition yeah, yeah which exactly. I, i'm actually canonically i'm pro that as, as a backlash enthusiast but like i'm sorry go on go on <laughs> yeah, yeah like like the like the disco demolition thing which like happened like almost immediately like as like a backlash to disco and he was sort of like writing this essay in the village voice in kind of like refutation of that and he like has he talks about like these really like beautiful moments on the dance floor where you're just like absolutely present and like absolutely in communion with everybody on the dance floor and like absolutely in tune with the music and it sounds like it, it like transcendental in a way that like seems almost like psychedelic and like mm -hmm. I've, I've had that on the dance mm -hmm. floor like mm -hmm. I've ha I had that on the dance floor like before I was a drinker like I've had that on the dance mm -hmm. floor like mm -hmm. snow cold sober so like yeah I, mm -hmm. I do really feel like there's like you know a powerful kind of like communal impulse associated with not necessarily even just disco, but like dance music. 
Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. It was beautiful. Uh, is it? Was it Bill Bernstein? Is that the name of the photographer? I think it is. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you're totally right about this. It's a moment of like a, a connection, I guess. Yeah, to like eternity. You know, it's it's crazy. But like, I've definitely had it too. And in, in, in altered states, sure. But in definitely sober states, or, or mostly sober states. You know what I mean? Where you're just like in uh, that zone, and it does. You lose. You literally lose space, time, and space. You kind of enter this like transcendental it's like such a cheesy word now but it's a it's like this really moment that's beyond beyond you're kind of just like outside of this realm in a lot of ways i was like kind of like a a club kid i guess not not full-blown but dedicated i went to like clubs a, a lot in like my 20s you know and i was like really involved in like disco kind of punk scene where it was like annoying like, like a lot of annoying electro clash and indie sleaze or whatever they call it these days i was um mucking it up i'm glad that that happened for me in my life because i think it did shape me like literally uh and even like the ability to like do something like meditate now like do more more calm things i think it's the same kind of like idea really in, in, in a lot of ways you're just doing it with your body you're doing it a different way but you're still trying to achieve the same thing which is like kind of something outside of not quite outside of yourself but outside of the distractions of everyday uh existence you know so beautifully beautifully said okay um karen you had a really good tweet i wanted to ask you about because i think okay i think i've solved one of your problems okay i have this one i have this one printed out okay uh you posted all i want is an older homosexual svengali from a 1940s melodrama to dress me up in goofy little outfits and stalk around my apartment scolding me and putting out cigarettes on my stuff is it really so much to ask uh unquote i'm just saying i think it's me i, I, I might apply i don't know i feel like i could do it you know, honestly, I think that's all like any girl wants at the end of the day. It's just like an like a really capable, charismatic, older gay guy to just like yell at you and tell you what to do mm-hmm. and put out cigarettes on your stuff. Like I mean that's the <laughs> plot of like, you know, that's the plot of like I forget even the movie I was tweeting about when I tweeted that. But you know, I mean that's the plot of, you know, like Phantom of the Opera. Mm. Is he gay? I thought he Honestly, I thought he raped her. I thought that he brought her to that lair. Well, in the Andrew Lloyd Webber version, anyway. I think there it's a, I don't know, maybe oh. that's just me. But like he takes her to his lair and just oh, you thought they were just like Kiki, and you thought that it was just they had a, a girls' night together. I don't know. Is the Phantom gay? I always read the Phantom. I always read him as the gay Svengali. He is, okay, you know, he's very yeah. like, you know, it's like that he's a queen for sure. He's definitely a queen. He's like a Donald <laughs> Trump type where it's like, he's not gay maybe, but he's definitely a queen uh, or like a Liberace was gay. It's like kind of that same thing though, like kind of like a flamboyant, uh, an, an idol of sort of, you know? Um, okay, I think I'd be a good Svengali. Like I think, but it's like, I need a whole, I need a whole stable, you know? I, I, if you're looking for a Svengali that's gonna be a, 100% dedicated. I don't know if I can offer that, but if you'd like to be yeah. a part of a Sengali's roster, like a hit-making roster, you know, that's it's not nothing, right? I mean, that's thing. kind of like a Phil, uh, Phil Spector-like sentiment right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think he was guilty. I think he should have been acquitted. <laughs> I take really radical positions when it comes to those kinds of cases. Anyway, whatever, like, whatever. Uh, he did, I guess get convicted of murdering his like girlfriend it wasn't convincing to me honestly i think what most people get charged for something like that in his position it's because they did something else wrong that we don't even know about and they're getting like punished through the system because like people get away with that kind of stuff all the time i'm sorry especially like music producers Uh, anyway i i digress oh wait i want to talk to you about this because this (laughs) this 
this hit home. I, I've had this experience. Um, the other day, I heard a Zoomer dunk on a millennial by saying he was born in the 1900s. And the phrase has been living rent-free in my head ever since. Uh, how did that make you feel? <laughs> um, uh, so context for this, um, I actually, I mean, I guess since I'm like guesting on a podcast, it would be a good idea to like talk about this anyway. Um, but I have a podcast called please talk Dop- about yeah i have a podcast called <clears throat> dopamine and calories um it is uh me a 36 year old kind of like extremely bitchy goth girl um and then two like zoomer wiggers and like the, it's interesting okay. at the at the top of the show you mentioned something about me being like kind of maternal and like i get that because i'm like <laughs> the, the mom of of dopamine and calories for sure um so it's just basically like the i like it's a very kind of like chaotic like unscripted show um treasure mutual uh satan watch which you should get him on the yes show. okay she loves shout i love satan watch I, it's so funny so, you say that i was literally thinking that today go on <laughs> yes um but satan watch uh described it as uh a more like chaotic male-centric uh girls chat and okay. that's like, yeah. And I mean, I'm not like a girl's child, like enthusiast, whatever. But oh. like, I I feel like that's like a fairly accurate comparison. Like, it's basically like me and these like two Zimmer dudes, like kind of like yelling at each other. And anyway, we had like um a guest on to just kind of like sit and like watch this podcast, which was kind of weird. But um, he dunked on my um extremely age appropriate boyfriend. Uh, he, my boyfriend is 37. <laughs> um. <laughs> by saying that he was born in the 1900s and at the time (laughs) at the time the uh our friend said this I like I was uh, I was picturing like the year 1909 and I thought it was a (laughs) joke and just kind of like chuckled about it but then I listened to it back when I was editing the episode and I'm like oh shit like he literally means 1900s they say it yeah yeah as in in the 1980s yes i i they talk about like who okay so shout out Datman again i was a guest this happened to me as a guest on Datman's podcast his co-host camille said something about i think she said something about uh like jay-z or something and it was like he came from like the 1900s and i was like it was like 1990 we we're talking about like 1997 i think we we're talking about like hard knock life or something it was like uh or hard knock anthem that was like oh my gosh it was like the 1900s and i it clicked and i was like oh my gosh and then i've heard it since then I've, I've heard it many times since then and it's like i mean it's accurate i guess i say turn of the century a lot when i talk about like the like pre-9-11 period because that's like technically true but it 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 stings in a way time is fake and gay i i really have gotten like a past like like who cares like whatever you know what it is weird the reason i say that too is because you, you've you've experienced maybe uh this because you've lived in multiple decades as, as as have i time was different like 30 years ago time was different 20 years ago time's like really fundamentally shifted i feel in many ways and like i think about like what was supposed to be like 25 years before I was born, you know, and like how far away th- that period seemed, like how far away like, World War II seemed. And now it's just like that distance and that same amount of time is like nothing. It's like 9-11 was like, you know, yesterday as far as I'm concerned, you know, and especially the last 10 years, I feel like, I don't know. Do you have that experience? I I do feel it's kind of weird. Like I feel in a lot of ways, like closer. I was born in 1987. Like, I'm, you know, like, early middle age, I guess you would say. Um, but uh, I, I don't, 
geriatric um, technically technically <laughs> technically yeah for for a woman i mean that's like dog years come on let's be real um but like uh i feel in a lot of ways kind of like more connected you know at the top of the show i talked about liking a lot of movies from the 1930s it's like i see stuff from the 1930s well 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 before my birth obviously and like i feel more connected to that kind of stuff than like my um like bless his heart he's he's a sweetie he's an angel like my uh my podcast one of my co-hosts is like 19 like he's like a child uh basically and like and like he will send me these like zoomer music videos that are like these boys falling asleep on public transportation (laughs) (laughs) he's like yeah man this is like you know whatever like hey look at this i'm like what I feel less connected to these boys falling asleep on a subway than I do to a movie made like 70 years before mm-hmm. my birth. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. how, like, how does this even, I don't, I don't know if it's like a generational thing or it's like a time thing. And I feel you how you're saying on like time gets sort of weirder as you get older. Um, I agree, but I don't know if I think that's like a subjective or an objective thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I think it's like, I don't know if I believe that's just kind of like my own personal perception or that's like really some kind of like mm-hmm. positive thing. Sure. Happening, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've induced uh, schizophrenia, so I believe I'm correct, right? So like de- December 21st, 2012 was this predicted date. Uh, maybe it was the end of, t- not the end of time, obviously, but like the way that time was like uh, constructed or, or perceived. It's also possible, I guess, that it's, you know, a subjective thing. Um, but especially, they've done things, I will definitely say, like with COVID, like locking everybody in their houses and um, a large number of people, their lives completely disrupted, the regular schedule, the rhythm of like life that had been kind of running through this country for so long, just paused, you know, stopped. And that is not nothing, you know, and I think a lot of people have, I think our sense of time is definitely being restructured uh and not in our benefit like, we're, we're we are owed time and that's another you know put that on the list of objectives we're gonna get our time back we're gonna reclaim our time yeah. literally from uh from the time lords <laughs> well well do you feel like the covid because i agree with you that like the covid lockdowns like did something funky with time but i guess i mm. can't decide if i think it's because of people's perception of time or if it literally was some kind of like insane uh you know like demonic ritual to like mess with i mean i'm like of two minds on the side like i kind of believe like half and half. no okay i think that there's a period of time that happens right and then like uh it's maybe like astrologicals i don't know if it's neatly mapped to astrology but you can use that as an example like a, a transition from a period of like pisces period of astrology it's talked about a lot in like the new age community or whatever i don't know if it's even that neat but like just like one period i do believe this that like the planetary lease is up like i said and that's signified by the end of some kind of if you want to put it in like science terms like some kind of like energy cycle some kind of like uh, orbit some kind of like a cosmology that we don't fully understand because i don't think nasa tells us like all the truth about everything there's more to this right and i think that this period is coming up and i think it involves like maybe a changing of perception and ch- changing of maybe maybe time itself or even just how we think about time uh and i think a lot of people knew this was coming i think there's people who know that this was going to happen and they are trying to do things to get ahead of it because it's not it's not a good transition for people who uh were 
you know, keeping their foot on the pedal for all those all those years, the, the, the centerpiece of the Octoleptic. They've gotten to power the thing for so long and they don't want to let go of those gears, but it's... <laughs> It's time. It is time. So I guess, like, yeah, you're right. I, I just wouldn't worry people. I, I wouldn't worry about demons. It's, there's plants been plagued with demons forever. There's literally demons in our DNA. Like, sorry, everybody. It's true. That's what the what the whole book of Genesis is about. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Uh, but I, I do understand your concern. I completely relate. But as a more schizophrenic person than you, I am telling you that don't stress about it. <laughs> Wait, like, where do the, like, are the demons like the mitochondria? Like, where do they? Oh, well, first of all, retroviruses. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've gone about this before. Reverse transcriptase. No, that is not biologically occurring. That's antibiology. That comes from some kind of, like, portal. Anyway, but anyway, I guess I don't think the humans are okay if you want to take a biblical perspective right there's like a fall of man there's kind of like this central drama always conceived of like something went wrong and i think i guess what i'm saying is the scientologists were right um somehow like somebody did something wrong like opened the wrong door and i think that's what i mean by the uninvited visitors maybe they're maybe they're demons maybe they're aliens maybe they're just like people who used to live here before and they were told to leave and they wouldn't i don't know i don't know that much about them i don't want to think about them they're they're scary but they are like i think kind of a part of us in a way because otherwise they wouldn't be able to i don't think control us so well i don't know i could be completely you, insane it's also possible I, no that doesn't sound insane that sounds totally, <laughs> that sounds totally like rational and normal like this um this summer i actually um this sounds like the most like reddit ass tattoo ever when i'm like saying it out loud but like i actually um i got a tattoo of uh yeah i'm a big like lovecraft and disaster or whatever and i'm also cool, a christian cool. so i i got a tattoo of a uh, yog sadoth reading the bible okay um, okay okay yeah okay. and it's and it's That's like scary um, sounding <laughs> uh, it's it goes back to uh Gan I talked about uh, earlier um that cartoonist Gan Wilson who did a bunch of like Lovecraft like mm, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um yeah it's this. like it's like a Gan a Gan Wilson like illustration or whatever cool. and like yeah and it's like you know struggling to symbolic of my struggle to like integrate the various aspects of like my personality and like on a larger scale like my humanity like yeah I like you know, I'm kind of like a, a dark, sad, like weird person, like on the level of like Lovecraft, but at the same time, I'm like a very like, you know, a, a solid Christian and that like informs who I am and my beliefs in my life and what's going to happen after my life mm -hmm, in, in like a really mm -hmm, profound way. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, it was like a very like, you know, an urge to like, have something that like is symbolic of like knitting these two aspects of my personality so like i totally understand mm -hmm. like what you're saying like it's mm -hmm. kind of like darker darker entities or like darker impulses or like you know part of who we are as people we don't seem perfect i mean i'm just gonna just put that out there <laughs> yeah. seems like something might have gone wrong i just i get in trouble and everyone calls me a gnostic tm and like a heretic which i I'm, admittedly i'm a heretic I, I can't deny that i don't know maybe i'm crazy um okay karen we went so we went so many places this is a banger as as always anyway gotcha. you're, you're hired by the way you're hired for the network actually no that's true here's my final question uh what is your experience what do you think about twitter's future how has it been like the last year compared to your previous experiences where do we go from here um dude twitter is like I don't know, man. Twitter, like, it's a trite thing to complain about, but, like, there is 
an unhinged amount of like bot activity going on right now mm -hmm, to the point where it's mm -hmm. like it makes it it's like a like ux type issue like it makes it difficult to yeah, like yeah yeah use the use the site totally um so that's weird. I mean, I guess, you know, I, I, I'm glad they're not suppressing kind of like COVID skeptical or mm -hmm. like, I, I say this with like tongue in cheek, but like anti-vax like content, sure, like I'm, course, glad, yeah, I'm yeah. glad they're not, you know, suppressing that anymore. But like, they still won't let me post tweets with the word wigger in it. And <sighs> that's really weird. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> say faggot. See, it's targeted. I'm not even kidding you. I can post wigger. I've posted, I've posted worse than that. I've, yeah. I've said, I've said nigga on Twitter. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal, but I have yeah. not posted faggot in so long. And I long to, it was like my favorite word. And wigger seems special to, to you. And it's like, it's yes. culturally for your Midwestern people. Well, <laughs> well, that's like, I'm like, I'm, I have a podcast with two loud and proud self-identified wiggers like the most you. recent episode of our podcast is called words of wigger like i should be able <laughs> to see the word wigger on twitter it's, it's absolutely targeted harassment this is exactly what i mean segmented like harassment and then we're gonna put a stop to it um i want to say yeah your show okay i didn't want to say chaotic until you said it but it was i had like a lot of fun listening to uh, an episode today it's really good to have that context of who is involved now i will listen to it in a very different way i think also it is a lot of fun though and i just think um i think it's important for people to just create things like this and uh it's the you know it's what being a, a takes out means to me it's just like an alternative because we we can't trust like institutions and like even though you said Twitter, it is kind of stupid to complain about Twitter, but it's a media market. It is a part of the media atmosphere uh, that we just happen to engage in. And so it's you can't discount it, really. You know what I mean? It's an important propaganda tool that we all love and participate in pretty much every day. Um, okay, Karen, it was so much fun to talk to you. I had a, I had a blast and I uh, just appreciate, yeah, I just appreciate you. It's so weird to call you Karen because it's like your name is C-H-A-R-O-N. You do not look like a Karen, though, like honestly. Where can people find you, Karen? <laughs> um they can find me on twitter uh it's covid karen uh c-h-a-r-o-n um it's my tag uh they can find me at karen.substack.com and uh dude what is even my soundcloud address we're gonna put in the show notes we'll have a whole bunch we'll have everything this there is, see this this is why i'm a lobia now because i i can't i can't be expected to respond when called upon to myself, so it's so much I, I hated when i first started doing any of the fake bullshit but now i love it it's actually like you have to lean it you have to commit to the bit 